Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. My name is Alan Aguirre, and today we're here to talk about the challenge, Battle for a New Champion, Episode 7. I'm joined by my lovely co-host. We have the Vermontian Zoe Tromboli. Hi, everyone. Southern Luke Muncy. What's up, guys? We got another mercenary in the house. We got some, you know, some drama getting stirred up. We have hookups in the house, a lot going on. How y'all feeling? Pretty solid episode. Yeah, I thought it was... uh pretty good from top to bottom the eliminations the elimination itself was a little lackluster but everything around it and kind of all the turmoil was great um yeah i thought it was i thought it was a great episode i i, I think a lot of people love to hate on the challenge on social media but this so it's so far so good I agree. I mean, I was fully prepared by this point to be over it. I'm not. I'm excited whenever I get a new episode to watch. So, yeah, I'm rolling right along with it. I was mad by the overall outcome of the episode, but I agree with you guys. There was enough going on within it that it kept me engaged. I was not bored throughout this episode. Even though there wasn't actually, like, a lot going on within this episode, I think, like, there wasn't, like, a ton of, like, different storylines. We had a few strong storylines that kept me focused and engaged. Yeah, and I have to say, I I think Michelle is like the, I don't want to say the face of this season, but like I make the thumbnails every week and I'm like, do I put Michelle? She was in it last week. She was in it two weeks ago. She's in it three weeks ago. She's a prominent character on this season. This is like Michelle's playground. Kind of crazy to me. Yeah, between the showmans and how involved she is with so many different people this season um she has main character energy her and narice have main character energy for sure for sure okay i fully agree with you guys on that let's jump straight into the episode uh first i want to talk about our winner from last week's elimination big t coming back into the house this week with her best friend melissa they come into this house and they're just desperate for numbers literally like all they care about is finding an ally throughout the house. Um, Melissa's trying to get close to Corey. Then we see them with Ed and the club later in the house. No matter who it is, like, if a person exists and could potentially be in their alliance, they are interested. Which I get. I mean, I think, I don't think it was necessarily in their control, but it might have been. It was wrong initially to have, like, an international UK alliance versus the American because it's obvious that the Americans are going to stick together more so than just random international people. They really could have infiltrated some of those US people and been like, we've done this show together. We've done this season together, at least Big T, because I don't think Melissa has. But yeah, they're they're desperate. Yeah, Big T and Melissa would have been much better off aligning with the Americans at the beginning of all this instead of becoming public enemy number one. But like Luke said, you can't blame them for trying, like, good for them that they're trying to find an ally anywhere they can get one. It made me happy to see them try, even if it was a failure, because, I mean, we talked about it in the past five, six weeks. They separated themselves from the rest of the house. They made themselves a quickly identifiable duo for everyone else to target. But they are making the effort to branch out, which is all you can ask for at this point in the game, because if they just took on all the losses and just had people target them with no effort on the other side, then it'd be a bad political game. They're at least trying. They're at least putting in the effort. Yeah, and I agree. I think they've posed themselves to be like besties, and that's a clear way to say, hey, we're going to attack them because 
they've put up this front. It's very Kayla and Jenna. Yeah. Like it's it's very reminiscent of that same thing. Like, hey, just the two of us, nobody else. Okay, you get you can get what you wish for. What did Kayla and Jenna share socks? Someone was complaining on Dirty Thirty. Like they even share socks together. They said underwear, but Ooh. it was Brittany that said this. Oh, we can't take anything she says seriously. Yeah. Right. Full of everything. Um, she's the worst. But and she's just jealous. Before we devolve. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, we've devolved enough, so I'm gonna say. Zoe, me and Alan did the cast breakdown before this. I said Brittany should have been a shoe-in to have been on the season, and I still stand by that. Oh, I agree. Yeah, she's a mess. She would have fit in. Like, she would have not fit in, but also would have pretended like she fit in with everyone. And her not fitting in would have been good TV. Not that I want someone to be excluded, but, like, seeing her try to, like, adapt to, like, these young people who are probably the same age as her would have been good TV. Yeah, I would have loved to see her on this, especially because her and Kara had that weird falling out, too. And we know Kara's coming in as a mercenary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, Zoe, she ain't last until when Kara's coming in as a mercenary. She's she, actually not that terrible at this. She's I not. She, I don't think she's bad. I don't think she's good either. I think she. I think she'll get targeted and say it's because of her competitive ability, when in reality, it's because she's just You don't just think she oblivious? could have latched onto this American train for at least a little while? She would have so pulled the Are You the One card with Narice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She would have. She would have been clinging onto the American Alliance coattails as long as possible, and they would have let her. She's just another shield for that like core group. Yeah. That's, Which that's to circle. <laughs> yeah, and to circle back to the episode in terms of Big T and Melissa, I don't blame them for <laughs> not jumping in with them necessarily because, like Zoe just said, they would be seven and eight. Like, they're not working up the ranks to be two and three, one and two. Fully agree. And so Big T wins the elimination, and production definitely wasn't expecting it because we go into this next daily challenge where it's supposed to be teams of three, uh, but they have 19 people left, so we have one team of four. Uh, Does anyone want to explain the daily challenge? Do you want me to do it? I would love if you would. Okay. So they are in two, they are on a pyramid floating above water, and there is like a rope spring between, a rope swing between this pyramid and another pyramid. Um, There is a puzzle key on the first pyramid, and there's basically triangles that are either red, yellow, or blue on one side. Puzzle key has basically all these triangles in different directions you have to take the rope swing over to the other side and move all of the other puzzle pieces to match the key that you were originally on um not that complicated it sounds complicated when i say it like that but if you see it it's not that complicated and the team who does it the fastest wins the team who does the fastest wins simple as that what did you guys think about the fact that the numbers were uneven on some teams where they had two guys and one girl or just one girl or one guy and two girls. I don't think it was necessarily that hard. So I don't know that there was a huge advantage having two males. Um, I, especially because like, I do think, think some of these girls are pretty excellent. Um, 
the four-person team could have been a huge advantage. Yeah, should have been, but didn't work. Yeah, I'm with Zoe. I didn't think it was that big of an advantage. It, I think it was more so like the two guys who ended up being together on a team were Kylan and Horacio, who are both good. Right. Yeah. And for clarification's sake, were there two sides of the pyramid they had to solve this for, or did I just, just one. imagine? They were getting okay. they were getting the puzzle pieces from a side of the pyramid we couldn't see and putting them onto the front facing. Got you. That's where my confusion came from. Yeah. Realistically, this could have been a paired daily bin, right? Definitely. I think it, just traversing it, they de it definitely could have been. It just would have taken forever. Right. I got or you. they could have already had all the puzzle pieces on, but like tw t twisted in different directions. So they had to move them. Yeah. I'm with you. And then it would have been a communication challenge. Were there any standouts in the days for you guys? Honestly, Olivia, like when she almost fell and like mustered the strength to pull herself back up, like she is a like large and I just mean like tall, muscular built girl. Like that's a lot of upper body strength to recover and then swing back over. So I was okay. impressed. I totally agree with that. When you look at Olivia and you think most of her strength's got to be in her legs, right? So for her to be able to do that, I feel like we've seen guys not be able to do stuff like that. So I was impressed. On the other side, I would I stand out was Mariah, but not in a good way. Yeah. Her refusing to try that rope swing was ridiculous. I almost feel like production paid her to do it. Yeah, honestly, like I just she's done scarier things than that. I don't understand. Well, and I think here's the issue with not punishing last place and also knowing it's probably going to be God's day. Why would Mariah try? Like, if she's even scared at all, it's like, I'm not going to risk it. It's not like I'm going to go home this round. I guess after just watching Michaela on Challenge USA dissolve into, like, a puddle of tears every time there was a heist challenge and then win it, I'm right. like, that's not hard. Yeah. Don't, like, you you make yourself look pathetic by not trying that. Yeah. Darrell would have done that. Darrell would have told it. They're over water. Like, which I know he gets scared of too, but like, it wasn't that high up. Katie Doyle would have done that. Yeah. And that's saying something. We did get the price drop on the on the nose shop though. $13,000. And no hate to her, but her nose looked great beforehand too. Like, I can barely tell a difference when she posts before and after. But if she's happy, it's all that matters. Sure. I mean, obviously the team that won, like Horacio and Kylan killed it. I think it doesn't matter who's calling. I think as long as you, you're talking to people who are competent on the other end. So like good for Big T, but I don't think she did anything special. But I, I, Kylan and Horacio did great together. Yeah. Colleen and Berna did poorly, if I'm remembering correctly. But again, like their first language is not English. And who was it? It was, who was it that wasn't understanding it? Berna? Like who, someone was putting them like, um, it was Berna well, putting them point side up instead of flat side up. Yeah, and Michelle had to intervene. Michelle even gave the confessionals like, I just, we need Berna not to spiral so she doesn't become the target for elimination. And it's almost like she's like Michelle's toddler at this point, where she's like, I don't even know why I'm keeping up with this kid at this point. Yeah, had to coddle her night one because she couldn't sleep where she wanted to. Had to tell her to go apologize to people, to hear them out. I'm kind of over it. Um, Burn is the same song and dance every week. So, yeah. I regret the good things I said. I just do. I just, 
I, I she's been completely unimpressive this season, both as a competitor and. Like, I, so I also I want to say like to her defense, I don't think they've been given any opportunities really to show what they can do. Yeah, I and actually I, feel like yeah I feel like that first daily that they lost. Berna probably could have had good strategy. They just didn't listen to her. On top of some of these dailies are like, let's ride this go kart around while someone calls out numbers. Mm, I'm most I'm mostly impressed that Berna has dodged elimination. To that, I will give her full credit because she should have gone in week after week after week. They just know that she's a puppet that they can use for now. They want yeah. to keep her for that as long as possible. Yeah. So let's talk about the winners. Kylan, Horacio, Big T, they kill it. And now they decide who's going to go into elimination. Melissa's happy because she has her two best friends. I mean, her hookup and Big T, her best friend, as people voting. So she's not going into elimination. And together, those two control a lot of power. What name do they come up with? Emmanuel. But that's not before Horacio absolutely spirals it was actually kind of pitiful to watch and not in a like oh way but like a make a decision for once on this show i mean in his confessional he even says that last season he let olivia make the calls which worked fairly well but he's pretty good at the game he's won a lot of eliminations if someone gets mad at you you just go into elimination and win him being so resistant to say a man well was strange to me and he was like we're thinking about working together Everybody talks about working together. That's part of the game. You just make a decision. And if you didn't want it to be Emmanuel, throw out a different name. Didn't he throw out a different name? Not Did that I can think of. I, he said they need to split up James and James Callum. James and Callum. And I think that was his way of, throw, of throwing up Callum, right? Because Big T said that James had her back. But then he did not press for it at all. Yeah. I was just unimpressed. I yeah. think it, I was just gonna say I think he could have convinced Kyland to hear him out, and Big T's voice didn't really matter because it's two to one at that point. Even if Big T threw up the Melissa card, like who cares? I also feel like Big T was totally ready to say Callum, knowing she was outnumbered. I, I didn't really understand why this was such an agonizing decision for him. It was weird. It was weird to watch. I think Horacio just needs to grow up. That's like my yeah. very simple, like, just play the game. Just be a character on TV. Just like, I, we know you're a good competitor. We know you can do a lot of stuff. We know you're good looking. Just, just actually be on the show. Actually contribute in a way that isn't just the competition part. You're part of it. You're not better than it. Just do it. You're on this uh, fucking show. I have a really bad take. Horrible. So please no one yell at me or find my obscure Twitter and tweet at me. Even down to Horacio, like, I don't drink. Not a problem with that. Like, people are sober. That's great. Narice, I won't kiss you while I'm here. Okay, people have their personal morals. I'm not going to object to that. But what do you bring into the show? Like, I'm not saying that people have to drink and hook up, but, like, that is a layer that's been a part of the show for a long time. And if you're not going to play the game now either. Yeah, he's bringing abs and abstinence. Um, He puts the abs and abstinence. Oh, my God. He should put that as his Twitter handle. 
Yeah. Um, and again, not hating on that. And I know Zoe and Alan aren't either. So I don't want to like get them caught in my crossfire. It just doesn't translate well to us as viewers. Like I'm not watching this going, oh, this 28 year old man. I would, I would feel, I would feel what he's saying if it's down to like the final six and you're really choosing between people that you're really close with, but there are so many people left on the show. That is, for him to be making such a big deal out of it at this moment is weird. It's just weird. Yeah. It's I not agree. like he's, it's he not is. like he's a rookie. Yeah. yeah. It's not like he's not on the right side of the house anyways. Like if he makes one person mad, he's got like 12 other people in his back pocket. He's also supposed to be a really good player. And if you're a really good player on the challenge and you win challenges, you have to make decisions. It's part of the game. So if you can't deal with that, then you just shouldn't be on this show. And apologies to all the Horacio lovers out there because, like, I, I like him a lot too. But this episode just frustrated me with him because it's just, like, be a reality TV character. Like, you, if you want to be a legend, you play the game. You be part of it. I'm, I'm, I'm just over it. Another I'm, I'm fucking mad. Another hot take. I like Horacio too. Like last season, Ryder dies. I was really rooting for him because it was a good, it was a good showing. This season, I want to see that again, but whatever. I can't remember who it was, and if it was on Twitter, maybe or on the episode, can't remember. But someone saying that Horacio is Narisa's puppet. It was on this episode, right? If we're gonna get there, then I'll shut up. Okay. Let's talk about it now. Let's talk about yeah. it now. Let's go for it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's right. Uh, Horacio likes to take on the physical stuff. And he needs someone to tell him, hey, do this. Like that way, even if even in his own head, he can say that wasn't my decision. That was Norris's. That was Olivia's. People might be mad at him, but he can justify by saying that was someone else's decision. And this is obviously raising concern for people in the house. Well, because if you're ever on the wrong side of Norris, she's got two votes now. Yeah. And. And Norris has established herself as kind of like the puppet master of what's going on in the house. Um, she's scaring the shit out of some of these guys by how easily she's able to make things go the way she wants it to. Which really impressive. I love it. Let's like, talk about that the, the scene at the bar specifically, where it's them bringing up the fact that she is the puppet master. And it's a very funny scene, in my opinion, because they're all like putting the pieces together. And then you have Jay, who's like her right hand guy politically on this season. Like, oh, shit, are you, are you for real? Norris is doing all of this stuff. So and he had a confessional where he was like, I'm going to be on the lookout for that. But I'm like, is this sarcasm? Because we've had scenes the past few episodes of you in on these conversations. I think Jay's also just paranoid to not be the number one person. We saw this with Michelle and like he doesn't want Norris to get credit for maybe some of his decisions. So it's rubbing him the wrong way. See, I interpreted that as he was like watching out for like Callum trying to rally against Norris. That's how yeah. I interpret it that way, because I mean, that's definitely what's beginning to happen. Um, I did not realize that they knew each other for five years. I think that's Next, on the beach, too. It's been a long time. Yeah wild we're so old we are so old i'm 19 i don't know no we are old and it's fun uh yeah i am obviously an arise fan but like i said this is michelle standout season plus 
Narice. Like they're really killing it as far as like screen time and like deliberations and politics and relationships and just getting that airtime. It's pretty impeccable. Yeah, they are the stars of the season. It's a bit worrying though that it's happening a little bit this early that people are putting the pieces together on Narice this like because she is the mastermind. I wish this was happening more around episode 10 or 11. So that way, you know, there's a clear pathway to the final. I'm a little afraid that once the big T and Melissa are out of the picture, then every, everyone is going to be against Nerys. At the same time, if she can pull it off, though, and, like, work the strings all the way to the end, then it would be one of the more impressive challenge seasons we've seen in a long time. Yeah, and I, like, I think that's probably inevitable, too, for people to turn on her. But what she's done so masterfully, okay, Mariah, you can have Zara, but nobody else really likes Zara like that. Okay, we can keep Burn around, but like obviously she gets on our nerves. Okay, Raven, you can be wishy-washy. She's got these people that she could chunk off from that main alliance. So if she plays her cards right, I mean, it's very possible she like just coasts. Yeah, I think that the foursome of her, Michelle, Olivia, and Mariah is a pretty intimidating group. Like they're that I would say they're the four strongest women on this season. Zara too. I'm not leaving Zara out of that because I think Zara's right up there. But I think that is not a group that people want to mess with. And I think those three women are the women that Narice is closest with. And she has Raven like almost feeling like she's in her debt. Like she has to like Raven has to be grateful to Narice for protection. So like even if Raven and her have this weird like history together i think narice is the last person in that alliance that raven would swing for yeah yep because that would be the first time someone would say well your allegiance was never real and the person saying that would be narice but it would make the house spiral and and raven would be next yeah i think narice is smart kind of a shame she didn't come on the challenge like right after her are you the one season uh because it's insane to think of what could have been but I- yeah I weirdly think it's better that she did it now only because she would have been buried behind all the other personalities. Whereas right now it's just the, like the perfect time to strike for her. It's yeah. Just I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Do we remember what her season premiered before? Like what challenge season came after? Are you the one seven or six? Had, it was six. It was six. Six. Okay. Six was. 20. I wanted so many people from that season on the challenge. Mm-hmm. And nobody came on, right? Nobody, I mean, besides her now. Uh, yeah. I was interviewing cast members then, so I think it was Vendettas? No. I was going to say, it was after Dirty 30. Oh, it was Vendettas, because wasn't weren't Malcolm and DeAndre supposed to come on, but Malcolm didn't get a passport in time? To Vendettas? Season 5, that was Cam's rookie season. Yeah. And she was season 5 of Are You the One? And Derek Henry had came on Dirty 30. So that means after Dirty 30 was Are You the One Six and Vendettas. Look at us piecing this puzzle together. Uh, Narice on Vendettas could have been pretty good. I'm sorry. But we had another agenda, and that was Big Brother and British people, and then later people who would never see again, except for this season. (laughs) Was there any uh, male, like, male house vote ideas going around before the deliberation or did i just blank that out a man well like would have been but because he got nominated i think 
um, it seemed like Corey just became public enemy number one overnight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like maybe it had to do with the soft, but like that was shown in one confessional. I don't know. I think Corey just rubs a lot of them the wrong way. Me included. Me included as well, because he's good. He's great. Uh, But this episode proved to me like he cannot take criticism at all. He cannot have a normal conversation without absolutely spiraling on someone. It's strange behavior to view. He acts in real life the way he comes across on Twitter. Like not everyone does that, like, but he does. Yeah, I still remember when he tweeted a picture of me and was like, this troll is talking about me. And I was, but behind, I had him blocked. Like he had to look at it from a burner account, save my picture and tweet it. So I'm blocked. I was like, you're very strange. You're on a reality television show. I'm going to tweet my thoughts on it. That's something you kind of signed up for. I don't tweet crazy stuff about people on Twitter, but it just was weird. I need to see if I'm blocked now. He formulates his sentences like a Mad Lib in a way that just makes you very uneasy. Like you just, that's what's like, uh, do I, like, Corey's like, oh, do I see him when she watches? Like, yeah, just the way you talk, just the way you carry yourself makes me feel uneasy. Cause like, it feels like you're almost like a villain who's waiting for me to turn around and do your evil laugh. Well, yeah. that's, that's the part with him I'm struggling with because I can't decide if he really wants a villain edit this season or if he wants a hero at it, but his behavior in that deliberation was full villain and it was so unnecessary and so weird. Yes. And I'm, I might sound like I'm contradicting myself because I do like good characters on the show. And if anything, he's bringing that. I enjoy so much root against, Sure. but sometimes it feels like too contrived. Like you said, he's trying to fit one role or the other versus just being an authentic person. And I think we did see that in the deliberation. He tried to be good and bad and then ultimately just look bad to everyone. It, it was strange. So yeah, let's talk about what happened in the actual deliberation real quick. Um, when it comes to the votes, everyone is saying Corey. There's no other names out there. And because he's put up against a wall, instead of actually saying another guy's name, he kicks down at Big T and Melissa because they're the two outsiders in the house because he knows they don't have anyone. He has to kick lower than himself because he's too afraid of actually taking a shot he then reveals that he's been taking information from them and feeding them to his alliance that he's been tricking them the whole time and this is the way he's able to convince people that he's actually trustworthy to his alliance and i'm not gonna act like it's not a good ploy but it's not a good ploy in the deliberation if that were true your your alliance knew this beforehand it's not something they find out when you're in jeopardy because then that makes it look like you're playing them as well and you're just choosing the side with more numbers, which is exactly what's happening. This was my face during that like entire deliberation. I was just like, what are you doing? It was so cruel also because, like you said, it wasn't serving a purpose at this moment the way he was delivering this message. And I'm glad that it was juxtaposed with the moment between him and Big T during the coming out party, because the way that he was talking about what he's been doing and how he's been communicating with them called into question 
every interaction that he's had with them in the house so so far. He wasn't just saying like I've been I've, I've been taking what you've been saying game wise and telling like he was basically saying I've completely fabricated my relationship with you. I've been only trying to get on your good side to get information out of you. I have no interest in like in you as a person. That's really how it was coming across whether that's how he intended it or not. And so Melissa and Big T rightfully get their feelings really hurt because they are people that can separate game and a personal relationship. And he just, he was brutal for no reason. Like it was so hurtful. He could have easily said, I love you both as humans. This does not make sense for my game. And they, they would have probably still had a reaction, but like, I'm also glad they juxtaposed with his conversation getting so intimate as to like talk about like he would be happy to be part of her chosen family if her family doesn't support her. It just, it verges on the line of like recklessness in my opinion and not even fun recklessness, just like gross recklessness. The crazy thing is, is like, I don't think he was lying to her in that moment when he said that. I think he was so hell bent on like severing ties with them in that deliberation that he did not consider that he has had actual genuine moments of friendship with these girls. And so he just completely devolved into this like asshole. Like, yeah. And I think you're right. I don't want to discredit that moment because it, it was real. It seemed real for all intents and purposes. But I get he was desperate, but do you really want to sacrifice your integrity like to allow people like us to sit on a random night to discuss it, like to call into question who you are as a human. And I know this is in my head. I'm like, ah, you don't care. It's reality TV. It just felt icky and not in a way that was fun to view. Because it did feel authentic, Luke. I think like when it comes down to it, reality TV, you can have those moments of like chaos and conflict if it feels like it's coming from a place of authenticity. And this wasn't, this was so calculated and it's also at the same time stupid like i just couldn't believe that someone was doing something so cruel that was not actually going to help them and only hurt them in this game right i mean he could have he could have put a soft back out there he could have said he could have lied and said a soft has told me he's only been befriending such and such like he could have done anything but you're right uh, and i think this leads perfectly to their vote everybody's Everyone voted Corey. And I think the coolness of the commentary shined bright in that the two people that actually shed tears while saying his name were Melissa and Big T because they would have actually not said his name. They actually, they they cared about his friendship. Everyone else in the house who were part of his alliance, all right, they were just saying your name with no remorse. Ick. Yeah. And there's clearly no love lost based on their Twitter interactions. But it is kind of sad because, like, it didn't have to be that way. It was, yeah, it was for nothing. It wasn't a girl's day. Zoe, I think, said that to begin this conversation, but, like, it wasn't a girl's day. I got to compare Corey to someone, and I've, and I've avoided comparing him to this person all season because, well, they're two gay men. Uh, and it's Shane Landrum on Invasion. And what made Shane an amazing reality TV character is he would get into conflicts like this, but Shane always committed to who he was, even to his detriment at points, even at like points where Shane, you're like, Shane, maybe you should stop saying that right now. But he just always, he stayed on a straight line. He played his character. 
Sometimes it got him into some hot water, but he didn't flip flop like this, and that's what made him like a character you you knew who he was and you could invest in him. Corey, we don't really know who we're getting. Like, who is this person? Is he mean? Is he emotional? He's he, I, he's probably both those things, but it's just like commit to who you are and who you're gonna be on this show. Yeah. And, and if it is just someone who's like out for blood, like do that. So those are fun people to watch, but it's just hard to see those really genuine moments. And then two, three days later, like you are claiming to not care a single thing about a person. And I don't know. It's a game I get, but like you can play a game without it being so intertwined with personal. I don't know. Well, I'm glad that you brought up Shane because Shane is a character on the show that I love because he is unhinged and he's like cracked and he he will do and say whatever he thinks or feels but again it's genuine it's authentic like i feel like i have an understanding of who shane is and shane's also shown that he's capable of developing real relationships and maintaining them like he is loyal like he has a ton of good qualities and he's also capable of putting on the hair growing helmet and fighting people in the house with it like that's committing that's committing to the role (laughs) bless him I also think Shane has in him, and I know this because I watched his return seasons, he's able to like really lash out at someone and the next day have a conversation with them where he's not BSing them, but he's just like, that happened. How do we move forward? Like, I'm not going to take back what I said, but like game's game. And I don't think Corey has that. I think for the remainder that those three will be on the show together, it's not going to be any type of conversation that's positive game wise. It's just going to fall flat, which is probably going to be the detriment to all of their games. Fully agree. Now, I do want to move on to the actual game aspect of Emmanuel versus Corian Elimination, which, if they were facing off against each other, that's an incredible elimination matchup to have, because you're either getting the biggest guy in the house out, well, maybe James is a little bit bigger, but Corey is the biggest, most fit guy in the house, or Emmanuel, who is a massive threat in the final, is super agile on his feet, Either way, you're getting a big threat out in the game, or you're throwing them to a mercenary. That is what you should do, like, gameplay-wise with these mercenaries. You're getting a big threat who you maybe can't take out later in the game. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And I wish that would have been what happened. Yes. Oh, baby. (laughs) Yeah, Emmanuel was honestly the right choice. I think that considering where he falls in these alliances and, what, like you said, what a massive threat he would be in a final... I think he is definitely someone you want to put down there against a mercenary. And we haven't seen Corey that deep into a game, but like you said, he has the potential to knock a lot of these guys out in elimination because of his size and because he's smart. And because he is like, I think he's shown that he's capable in quite a few different ways. Um, They're, they're the right choices. How they got down there is interesting, but they're the right choices. Yeah. And to Corey's credit too, uh, this just hit me, but I think one reason he gets so mad is because he is really smart. Like, I think he does think a lot of things through until things don't go his way. And then it's like, whoa, it's time to spiral. It's time to throw everything out the window. And if he can work on that, like, he's probably going to be unstoppable. He's a perfect example, potentially, of, like, why these challengers need, like, books and, like, TV. Because he spends too much time in his head. Yeah, for sure. Our mercenary comes out. It's Devin. Wah, wah. 
I think it makes. I think that might have been what I did when he walked out. It makes sense. He was the most recent champ, and I I am a fan of Devin's trajectory on the challenge. If I'm being honest, like we got a new winner. If anything, it was Devin, but he's also someone whose personality and character we've seen develop. Uh, yeah, but he shows up. Woohoo! He'll look in, in great shape, by the way. I what I do what I gathered from this is I do think that they're going to cater to all of our mercenaries and give them uh, elimination. That seems to be very much in their wheelhouse. Well, TJ says it's a it's a counting whatever, and he's like, sounds fitting. It's like yeah, because it's you, Devin. I think Devin walked in and someone literally had the confessional. Well, it's probably not going to be physical because it's Devin's in here. Uh, <laughs> he comes in. Uh, he pulls the double cross. Is it Emmanuel's name? No. Is it Corey's name? No. It's free choice. It's a it's a mace. He can pick whoever he wants for elimination. And Devin immediately says to like in conventional, well, I'm not gonna vote in anyone I actually know. So that's boring. If if he had like a negative relationship with someone, yeah. he probably would, but I think he had very neutral relationships with everyone there. Because mm-hmm. he even said like I'm gonna put. I'm gonna take put in my, who my girls like. Who do my girls want me to put in? Yeah. He he laid it on. He put it on a tee for him. Yeah, I think the only men that were safe were Horacio and uh, Jay. Yeah, and he said because the two guys who were already already in the sand, he's like that's boring. I'm not right. facing them because they're already in trouble socially. So I'm not. I didn't come in here to do something boring. Which actually kudos to Devin. I do appreciate that aspect of his personality. If you're going to come in as a mercenary, come in and cause a little chaos. Yeah. Also, I forget that. I mean, I mean, I know that he exempted a Manuel, but like him and Manuel were friends on Spaz Laws and Allies. Forgot about that. Uh, nobody's I, you know, good. You forgot about it. It's not. It's yeah. not a necessary. I'm willing to forget about it right now. It's not a necessary detail to have in my life. Sorry. <laughs> um, none of the girls really. Well, the girls do speak up, and this is what bothers me a little bit. Uh, several of them say Corey, Corey, and I get it would be boring to call Corey in, uh, but like he then went his confessional said they didn't say a name, but they did, and I and Devin knew who he was going to call in. I'm going to touch on that after we talk a little bit more about this. I so think Alan. Th- this was my question. I was like, did production have to tell him the names of all these guys? Because he definitely didn't know who everyone was when he was walking out there. So, Jessica said this on a podcast. Jessica, who was eliminated in episode one. Uh, Jessica Brody, she, yeah. we need to, like, I'll throw up the picture of her literally on the podcast so people know who we're talking about. Yeah, she was posting a lot in Thailand um, around the time she was eliminated, stuff like that. Whether it was before or after Devin went in to be a mercenary, who knows? But they had been in contact. Devin had asked her, if I go in and can pick someone, who should I pick? And Jessica said, you should pick Callum because he orchestrated me going in. So Devin can have his confession doing all this. He literally had asked someone outside the game who was in the game, who should I choose? He knew it was going to be Callum, which makes me also think he went in there and told production, I want to choose somebody. And they said, choose the middle one. Interesting. I want to, I, I, this would be a perfect time to talk to Michelle too because I want to know if she actually didn't give him a suggestion and she just sat there frozen because like you see we get a little snippet of Mariah saying like leave James alone 
Um, but we don't see Michelle doing that for Callum. And so I was curious, but in that, in what you're saying there, it makes me wonder if she also told Devin about Callum and Michelle, and if he found out that Callum had a girlfriend at home. If so, I think Devin would have said something, which would have put the icing on the cake. Because uh, I really was wanting it to happen. It did not. Yeah, it would have been amazing. Because I know Michelle was pissed, but I'd be so curious, like, now if she's grateful, knowing yeah. that how everything went down and how, like, stupid he makes her look. I don't think she looks stupid. He's a dirtbag for lying. Yeah. But, like, I he did her a favor unknowingly by calling Callum in there. And I want to say, too, Callum seems head over heels for Michelle. It would have been so easy for Callum that first day to call his girlfriend, like, this isn't going to work. That would clear his name completely. But he chose to stay with her and then pursue Michelle super hard. And never tell Michelle about any of it. Right. I realized the reason we had no male, like, deliberation or ideas for voting is because we got a Michelle and Callum picnic date. Because they really were like so into each other like they were so lovey-dovey all he had a girlfriend at home when michelle says something about callum he checks all the boxes i was like oh space tattoos on your list michelle is that (laughs) really something that you had on your list likes me he's cute i'll give i'll give her that like he's cute I think Michelle just really accepts people like as more than they are willing to offer her. And this is going to sound mean, but even when Devin comes out, she's like, oh, my gosh, this is like one of my best friends. Devin, we talk all the time. They're back to last season. Me and Nani are like best friends. We talk all the time. Like she overinflates people's relationship to her, uh, which shows that she's a loving person. But like maybe reevaluate your social connections. Do her and Devin, do her and Devin both live in the Northeast though, right? So like, is it? But Jersey versus like Massachusetts. Yeah, it's not as far as you'd think. As yeah. someone that lives in Vermont and we get all of them every weekend. Yeah. They're, they're not that far apart. Yeah. I don't know. It just was weird. But Michelle's face, whenever Devin calls out Callum, she is crushed. And Devin's even like, I kind of feel bad because it seems like people actually like him. Oops. I actually didn't hate it. I I was like, I was happy something interesting happened. Yeah, me too. You guys want to talk about the elimination at all, or just just jump to the winner? Because it was it was just a whole like the winner. They had to count stuff, which my god. And like, I do want to say they put this. them in order from least to greatest. That's yeah. All. Looking and at each other. No, my bad. I I thought they just had to put them in order of like highest to lowest, but they had to have the exact counts. That was the detail that I think was interesting and like would have just drove me crazy personally. And like the crowd helping Callum count, that would not have helped me at all. I would have said, shut up. That was actually so unhelpful for me, but apparently it helped him because he said he would lose count while counting in unison with the entire cast. So counting by ones. I know. One, two, three. I was watching them do this. I was like, None of you are thinking to put these things in groups in case you need to, like, double check. Like, I think Devin did for some of them, which I thought I I was like, that's brilliant. Whereas Callum was just like, hey, Michelle. All this to say, uh, Callum loses barely. 
Michelle's crushed extremely. She was pissed. I just, I could not. But this, this is probably one of the best things for Michelle's game, actually. She's not linked to a UK guy anymore. Jay is her number one guy. And Jay's been pulling strings. I want to give credit to Jay. Like, he's having a good season as well. Uh, this is probably going to free up a lot of stuff where she can think more sensibly. Will we probably get a forced call later on in the season from Callum? I hope. Probably just, next episode. Yeah. I His really, girlfriend's on the couch next to him. I want to see how these relationships, uh, these girls' relationships with Mariah, what happens when they start, they're going to take shots at James. Like, it's inevitable. It's happening soon. So I want to see what happens. Well, I think we get some foreshadowing, too, as Devin leaves the arena. He says, I'm no Nostradamus, but I think Rye's banging that giant dude and says that Banana's not going to like that. And we've seen the previous beforehand of, like, Tori coming in and be like, Rye, what the heck? Uh, as much as that was probably production prompted, I want to say thank you, because it probably is going to bring in a new element that otherwise Devin would have been like, who cares? They're not actually dating. But, yeah, fun for us. It makes me more irritated with Johnny refusing to come in as a mercenary because he's pathetic. Like, I'm not I'm not going to say all the thoughts that I have about the size of his ego and other things. Um, but I I just think he had an opportunity. He's becoming a storyline on this season because of what's happening. Right. And he had the opportunity to come in and, like, he could have even been douchey and laughed about it and, like, said congratulations and then come in and sent him home. But, like, his ego's too fragile for him to even attempt that in case he lost. And I've had conversations with people about this. Like, would have production, like, made him the butt of the joke and, like, let James win? And, like, I think if Johnny Banana said to production, like, I want to come in, I want to face James, and I want to beat him, production would say, okay, cool. Yeah. We're, we're even going to arrange you to come back to the house and talk to Mariah. Give me James in an endurance elimination. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where there's a math problem at the end and they give him the answer beforehand. I mean, that doesn't seem like it's out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> and for him to say, which we're talking a lot about, like stuff we've seen on Twitter, for Johnny Bananas to say, I'm not going to feed into the storyline. This is the man who claims he's a producer on the show. Like, not actually, but, like, he knows how to produce himself as a character. Wouldn't you produce? I don't know. I think a lot of these people who are mainstays are not talking about the season at all. They're not on it. I get it. But because, like, they're not going to bolster it up. So, like, for future seasons, their spots get taken, which they wouldn't be anyways. But I don't know. Just all lame to me. Wes is the only person who's, like, really hyping this season up. Wes is the only guy. But that that's kind of his character. He always, like, lifts up the newer generations. Yeah, yeah he's such a cheerleader. Yeah. There is something always amazing about when the show kind of, like, breaks the fourth wall in situations like this, where we're talking about people coming in as mercenaries, like, talking about bananas, like, talking about Mariah, talking about James. It always makes you think about Tony on Dirty 30 getting the call back from home, finding out from Vevmo you know, that he that he hooked up with Camilla. Which is so funny. <laughs> Look, what we promised that? we... I messed up. We promised we weren't going to talk about Camilla again this week, and then here we, we just... We did it. The Camilla minute is back. <laughs> Listen. It happened. We can only move forward. Hey, Tony's coming back for All-Stars 4 when it's that happens. 
Yeah. Uh, next week we get a preview of Melissa versus Raven. And there's drinks spilled all over Raven's shirt, which one plus one. It equals uh, Melissa throwing a drink. <laughs> I'm excited because these are two people who are definitely at the bottom of the pyramid. And instead of, you know, instead of just getting together, they're now scrapping. And it's just two of the most two of the most unhinged people in the house, too. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it has me excited for next week, especially because, I mean, we were worrying that these weeks where there are a lot of easy targets, it would be boring. Nope, Melissa, Raven, and whoever they, if, if those are the two who are going into elimination, theoretically, whoever they face is going to be exciting because Raven's got a lot of dog in her, Melissa's going to play dirty. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, yeah. and now that we have Taz out of the way, I feel like all the female champs we have coming for through are, they might, some personalities are not the most exciting, but they will be great competitors. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the cast has been announced. It's either Laurel, Cara, uh, Tori, or Casey, like, that's that's a really solid squad of female competitors. Yeah, justice for Ashley Mitchell. But anyways, any final thoughts? None for me. I think we covered it all and more. Sounds good. We're gonna be in December by next podcast. So everyone, hope you all had a good November. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify iTunes, uh, YouTube, wherever you could find us. All in all, have a good day, good week, good weekend, whatever. Good night. See ya. Bye now.